Hi, this is Jessica Cook and welcome to my Feel Good Podcast for Women. This show is entirely devoted to helping motivate and inspire you to live a healthy and a happy life. I believe you will be happiest and most fulfilled when you work out, eat well, enjoy a brilliant, healthy routine and live your life with passion. I want you to feel energetic and healthy and that's my goal with this podcast, to keep you motivated and inspired so you can live your best life. You'll also hear interviews from my clients who are some of the most inspirational women I have ever met. At the end of the episode, be sure to head over to inspirefitnesstraining.ie forward slash free tools to instantly download tons of free stuff like recipe books, meal plans, workouts and much more. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to our virtual coffee morning, girls, and thank you so much for coming along. We have a very special guest, Kira Bell-Luso. I'm just going to um, introduce you, Kira. Kira is a full-time working mom who lives in Dublin with her husband, Tony, and her two daughters, Amelia, age six, and Sophia, aged five. She graduated from medicine in UCD and spent 13 years in clinical practice before moving to a career in pharmaceutical medicine. Always passionate about learning, Kira has found herself increasingly drawn to personal development and through this was introduced to self-compassion a couple of years ago while going through some personal and professional struggles. Kira commenced a mindfulness and positive psychology teacher training course in October of 2020, passionate about bringing the benefits of mindfulness and self-compassion to a wider audience. It's so nice to have you on our coffee morning. I'm just going to mute everybody and make sure that I've unmuted you and then we'll get going. There we go. Great. Am I yeah? yeah? Yeah. Cool. So Kira, do you want to uh, start from the start and, and tell us about you and your journey and what got you to this point? Sure, I'm happy to. And, and, and firstly, I guess, thanks a million, Jessica, for, for the opportunity. And um, I, was, I was laughing with um, my husband this morning because I was saying, gosh, I, give me a slide deck and I'll go up and talk to, you know, hundreds of people. But this is actually really nerve wracking again. So, um, so, so please do bear with me. And uh, thanks everyone for, for coming and uh, interrupt me at any stage. Um, if, if anything I say is confusing um, or, and uh, Trisha, I'm looking at you, if anything I say is completely wrong because I got so inspired by your talk a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago now um but uh, thank you so so yeah when i was chatting with jessica poor jessica gets to listen to um everything i've learned in the preceding couple of weeks whenever we have our one-to-one -one chats um and um jessica was saying you know do you want to share and she said go right back to the very start so God, that seems like long long ago um last century as they say well into the last century but um I suppose how I got to where I am today, which is really, I feel like I'm a totally different person to who I even was two, three years ago, to be honest, um, the way I am with myself. Um, and um, I guess not unlike a lot of people that I've subsequently discovered um, also do the same thing. Um, I was really tough on myself, I'm really, really hard on myself throughout um, school, throughout college, throughout work. Um, you know, I was I was always the type of person. If I got ninety nine percent in an exam, I really focused on that one percent. I went, "What have I done wrong here? What's you know, what is um, that? It's not perfect." And I was always striving, always striving for perfect. And um, one thing I've really learned is that 
there, there is no such thing, I guess, as perfect. Um, and um, I'm really focusing on good enough um, nowadays. Um, I do and, wonder, and I, what, uh, what made you like that? Do you feel like you were born like that? Was it, was it, was it that you were brought up like that? I think, I think we were, I think I was, you know, there was a really strong focus in my family on academia um for myself and 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 my siblings and you know um my parents really put their heart and soul into making sure we had great educations and and i think from my personality i was a, i'm very much a people pleaser type of person so i think there was a mixture of you know um wanting to please and wanting to do the best i could do um and and also um just i just never felt like what i did was enough yeah, and, and I, so I think my own personality was probably a huge part of it. Um, but definitely, you know, we, we were pushed to, 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 to do well by, by um, my parents. Um, and, um, and, and when I look at my siblings, it's very different, I think, how some of them dealt with it compared. So I think that's why there, I think there was an inherent personality trait in me that made me kind of go, oh, if I'm not perfect, I'm not good enough not lovable enough you know um so so yeah it was it, it was really interesting how you know and i would have kind of always said oh i'm okay at everything you know jack of all trades kind of person and uh um but i never really thought of that as being worthwhile i always thought you had to excel to be worthwhile you know um and, and really for yeah. hmm? that's a lot of pressure yeah yeah, and I used to, you know, I mean, I remember, I'm showing my age now, but um, I, was, I, was, I was a bit of a cure head in my day, and uh, I used to listen to a song by The Cure called Fight before every exam, and I remember I used to actually go into the bathroom, and I would slap myself in the face and go, come on and do this, you need to go in and do this, and get it all back up, so I really wasn't very nice to myself, but I never looked at it that way, you know, um, so, um, and I kind of continued and I always had that kind of imposter feeling then when I went to college because I remember my dad saying, because I was upset, you know, you go from being pretty much, you know, one of the top of the class that you're in, in school and you go into college and everybody was top of their class. So suddenly I was back in the middle of whatever, you know, and um, I always felt like a bit of an imposter. And, and my dad, I remember him telling me, it was, he struggled like that as well when he first went to university, that he didn't quite... It, it took him a while to get used to that. Um, and, and, you know, what I did worked, you know, I got to do the course I wanted to do. I, you know, I excelled through, not excelled, but I did fine through that and um, came out, got my jobs, got my postgraduate, degree, you know, degrees, diplomas, whatever I needed. I jumped through every hoop I needed to jump through. Um, and I kind of got to a stage, and I know I said this to you before, Jessica, but I got to a stage where I... I got to be a consultant and I kind of at one stage looked around and went, gosh, you know, I've climbed this mountain that you're supposed to, everything's supposed to be perfect and I'm not really that happy here. Um, and um, it, it was then, and I this was my husband, um, Tony, is, is Australian and I think he is a very Australian kind of approach to work-life balance and that you you work to live as opposed to living to work, which I think um, was always something I had thought about. Um, 
And when did um, you know you weren't happy? How did that, did it creep up on you? Did, did Was it a, a quick realization? It, no, I think it crept up on me because I think like everything else, I pushed all of that aside to the, and just scored everything that I was feeling, you know, it was all achievements and whether I achieve things or not. So whilst there were things that I look back now and go, gosh, yeah, you weren't that happy then, were you? And, um, but I never really acknowledged it. Um, it would come through peaks and troughs, but I never really acknowledged it. Um, so, so yeah, so I think I just, you know, and I loved, I loved my, the, I, the specialty I worked in, I was a rheumatologist. So I still am a rheumatologist <laughs> technically, but, um, but I, um, I loved it. I still do. I, it's a total passion area of mine, but the rest of the, the stuff around it, I didn't enjoy and I didn't want to do. Um, and, um, and yeah, and I remember Tony turning to me one day and he was like, why don't you just leave? And I was like, you don't just leave a job in medicine. You don't just do this. You don't, you know, and he's like, you're, you're not happy. Why not? you know get a job somewhere else get a different job and I never in my entire life had ever thought of that before and I think because externally as well people you know people label you and I'm probably guilty of the same people label you as oh there that's Kira she's the doctor she's doing well bag you're happy you're done and, and, and um, I had never I suppose I was so worried as well at that stage about what people might think about me I didn't have the inner belief and confidence to follow what I knew was right for myself. Um, and when I look back now, leaving clinical medicine, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of because I did make that change because I could have stayed and I could have just kept plugging along, but I know I probably wouldn't be happy and as, as happy as I am. I'm happy now, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, so so yeah so I I left <laughs> and uh, and I made the decision really quickly when I did decide to make the decision um, and again I was really I was lucky and the, the you know sometimes when you make a decision you kind of find that doors open or things move into place and a job came up in um, the pharmaceutical industry at the time and um, I I went in there and um, have kind of you know, done lots. I've been in, in pharma now for eight or nine years and um, have, have enjoyed it, have grown and developed a huge amount. And you get the opportunity, I think, as well, when you go into coming from the public service to the private service, you, you know, private industry, you really notice the different opportunities. And one of the things that you get to do a lot of is sort of, you know, personal development and you do personality tests to see how you would work with other people. And they do a lot of focus on that. And it was the first time I had ever really looked, you know, realized who, how, what sort of a person I was. And that, you know, I'm quite introverted as naturally quite introverted. And when I'm comfortable with people, I'll chat away as you all know. <laughs> and, um, but, when, but, but I do like my own time. And I do like my own space and um, and I do and, and I remember back when I was you know after a particularly busy week in say when I was in the hospitals or you were you know we did you know I was back in the day of the you know you do three full days on call and you'd kind of arrive home after 72 hours and 
I wouldn't want to speak to anyone. And, I, and people used to laugh at me because they were like, oh, we were ringing you over the weekend and I was, I'd have my phone off, my doorbell turned off. I was just, just used to come back into myself. And it was only after I started doing these tests, I realized actually I need that time to kind of rejuvenate myself. Um, and and it, was at, it was after that, I suppose, I started getting really interested in personal development and who you are as a person and how there's nothing wrong with the different types of people you know types of personalities they're just it's just different um and and kind of move move moving on um utilizing that i started looking at different things um and i started you know i i love to learn and i always i, I everything i've ever done i always go that's it now i'm not doing another not doing another exam again and you know and then a week later, I'm like, I'm a bit bored. I think I'll sign up for another course or I think I'll do whatever. And um, and I continue to do that. And I moved, um, I can see people smiling. So I'm, so I'm sure I'm talking to, preaching to the converted because I know lots of people are like that. But um, I moved into um, a manager role um, in my, as a, as a career progression assignment opportunity in my current, um, in, 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 with my current employer. And um, I was commuting back and forth to the UK. My kids were young at the time. Um, I was spent, I spent three days a week in the UK and it was for a year. It was an assignment. It was very defined um, and I knew it would be tough, but I didn't realize how to, just how tough it would be. And, you know, you're getting up for those lovely Ryanair flights that leave at, you know, 6.20 in the morning. So you're, my alarm going off at four was a regular occurrence for that year. And, um, it was just really full on and I just kind of got to a stage of going what am I doing this for and um you know questioning myself again I guess um and at that stage um I I linked in with a coach just myself because I said I don't know I feel like I'm I feel like I'm doing what I did before which was jump through every hoop that I'm being asked to jump through but I don't know if I'm doing it because I really want to or because I feel that I should do this and and that people are telling me this is what you should do um, and um, and at that stage within the first session with the coach she said to me I have a TED talk I need to send to you and so I've, you know she said I meet people who are tough on themselves all the time but she um, she sent me um, she said you know you sort of break break all molds on that when you were you were oh I was overachieving on being tough myself as well um, and she sent me a, a, a Kristen Neff's TED talk on mindful self-compassion um, and it's 10 minutes that changed honestly changed my life because um, and I don't know you know if I if I asked I suppose all the girls on the call and um, when someone said to me you need to be nicer to yourself I always looked at that as being you know oh you're being self-indulgent you're being you know pity party you're being selfish you know you've got you've got you've got kids you've got work you've got to deliver there and then whatever's left over is Kira time and invariably there's never any time as you all know there's never any time left over if you don't block it and schedule it and um, and I kind of went through it, it. That just made me realize that actually I could be nice to myself and actually still motivate myself. And, and um, 
Kristen Neff, um, she talks about she's her most recent book, which I haven't read yet, but I'm looking forward to it, is called Fierce Compassion. Um, and she talks about the yin and yang of compassion. So there is that your compassion for yourself that is um I suppose that you're being you know you're being kind to yourself when you're suffering and you're being kind to yourself because you're suffering, not because you want to fix it, but because you're suffering. Um and then there's that the yang where she kind of she you know one of the things she when I heard her talk she mentioned about you know a mother doesn't say to their child oh you know I know you don't want to eat your vegetables so here you go I've made you you know a liter of ice cream go go ahead and eat that because you know that's not good for the child ultimately so you will actually say no I know this is you know you can't just eat ice cream you have to eat proper food and better and I sort of that really resonated with me because I was like yeah you know I, I quite easily will be compassionate with my kids and go I understand but this is what needs to be done whereas I sometimes I was looking at compassion as well I'll sit down and watch tv and eat that big tub of Ben and Jerry's you know? yeah. and that's being nice to myself and, and and it was that realization that you could actually use compassion to motivate yourself as well and that was huge for me um and yeah and 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 i suppose what i really noticed then was when you when you actually start to open up to people and say oh i've been doing this and i've been i've been reading about you know compassion and whatever and i really noticed and i think trish said this as well that people are so hard on themselves and they don't necessarily share it. And I think I, I've certainly noticed it with, with women especially, but I, I think men maybe are the same or maybe maybe similar. They just don't maybe talk about it as easily. Um, but, but certainly I, I suddenly realized, wow, look, I'm managing this, these, you know, a group of people. Some, many of them were, were women, were single women, working, you know. But whenever I mentioned it, they suddenly started opening up to me about what they said to themselves and how they were so tough on themselves as well and how nothing we ever do seems to be enough, you know. And so was it, it when you watched that video, um, yeah. what was it that you were spending your whole time pushing, working so hard, but being really hard on yourself, so, so hard on yourself? Mm. Was it that video that made you go, whoa, what yeah. is this yeah. about? And was yeah. that a turning point for you? And if it was a turning point for you, then what happened? What yeah. happened then? Yeah, and it was. It was a massive turning point for me. Um, and it was. It was literally, you know, I sort of, I, I would attribute it, to, you know, I've said it to that coach since, kept in contact with her, and I've said, you know, you've changed my life. And I suddenly started noticing how, uncompassionate we are to ourselves and how and sometimes we can be more compassionate to others we nearly overcompensate instead of giving ourselves compassion and, and what happened then was I started kind of reading more into it um, so the, the, there's three components of of what she would call mindful self-compassion and that's mindfulness common humanity and self-kindness and I suppose for me the thing that that changed self is changed it was um when for me was when i read about common humanity and it was kind of 
that you, it, it kept you from going into the pity party side of being feeling sorry for yourself and being kind to yourself but dragging yourself down into a kind of a negative funnel of poor me you know the world's against me or this that and the other which I've always thought about and I've always um and that's why I always kind of felt I had to push myself in a hard way um and whereas this makes you realize you know we're all human we're all you know everybody has their own thing and I think I suppose COVID's probably brought that to the fore you know we've all seen the the, the memes with you know everybody's in the storm we're just all in different boats and it's affecting different people in different ways um, and uh, so, so that was huge so I started exploring it more I started doing um, kind of reading her books her books um, she has a fantastic workbook that I did um, and then I started mindfulness is another huge part of that and being in the present moment and when I started doing the meditations and that that you know, she, she has on, you know, say Insight Timer or some of the different apps. And I started realizing, my gosh, like I am always either back there, up there. I'm very rarely here in the now. And I was the, the classic person that, um, and I can still remember even when I was in college, I remember being on a bus one day and my, my family live in Kilkenny and being on the bus to Kilkenny. But I felt, you know, I was kind of in, I wasn't asleep. I just was doing something in my head. And the next thing I saw a sign for Dungarvan and I was like, oh good God, I'm in Dungarvan. How am I in Dungarvan? Like, did I get on the wrong bus? Did I do whatever? And then I suddenly realized that there's a little village that I would have passed through millions of times. And it was, it's called Dungarvan, but it's in County Kilkenny. And so it's not the town that we all know of. And that, that always comes back to me because I go, gosh, like even back then I was so living in a different world I wasn't actually appreciating the here and now so I started exploring the mindfulness side a bit more um, and did a, an eight-week course um, online with the Irish Mindfulness Academy last summer and I really enjoyed it and I started saying gosh you know I think so many people would benefit from this and I would benefit from it so I started doing the teacher training course then which they also offer and um, you know, I'm, I'm very much still a work in progress, but um, they I've been doing doing that since last October. Has, has oh, has it changed been. your life? Hmm? Has it changed your life? Yeah, yeah, it has. I'm I'm so much more present. Um, I'm appreciating all of the little things. I mean, you know, I I've re I've actually. There's been parts of lockdown that have been hard, obviously, and not seeing family members and things, but I've actually really enjoyed lockdown and just doing simple things. And um, and it's it's made me simplify my own life. I'm decluttering and clearing things out. It's made me so much calmer and so much better able to deal with what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis in work. Um, well, I'd love you to help us now. First off, mm -hmm. what is mindfulness and how do you start being mindful and how can you help everybody on this call um, know about mindfulness and bring it into their mm -hmm. if they want to by the end of this call? Yeah, so, so there's a few different, so, so mindfulness is kind of defined as, as, and there's a few different definitions, but the basis of it is, is being in the present moment being aware of what's happening in the present moment and what's really important was a really important part for me was that you're 
aware of what's happening in a non-judgmental manner. So, so um, there are there are a lot of um, are there are set there are kind of seven foundations of mindfulness. So, so um, that uh, John Kabat-Zinn is one of the main kind of mindfulness teachers. And I do apologise if you can hear screaming. There's somebody screaming out the back garden of a house beside me. So if you can hear it, sorry, hope not. Um, but yeah, I was wondering who the hell they were. <laughs> yeah, not my kids. <laughs> They're not here, but um, but somebody's out there screaming. Sorry, um, and um, and and basically, you know, the, the different attitudes um, or foundations of mindfulness are around the whole area of non-judging, not judging your thoughts, being patient, looking at things through a beginner's mind. So it's all about the fact that we have all these thoughts, and we often and you know the majority of them are, sub, are subconscious and we don't and we're not aware of them but they're happening and, and it brings you brings those more to your to your consciousness really to be aware of what the little thoughts you have um, because a lot of the time because we 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 tend to focus I guess on the negative automatically because we're primed for we're primed for that from an evolutionary you know a survival mechanism so it's actually trying to be aware of those thoughts so you can by being aware of them it allows them to be released and then it allows them to have less of a, an effect on us over time um, and that's so interesting um that we're primed for for negativity because mm. back in that hunter gatherer Neanderthal yeah. time that 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 that's we have a what is it a four million year old brain or something like that and it and it hasn't evolved so we're still always looking out for the threats yes it's kind yeah. of cool when you know that because then you can work on it and realize it's normal but then do something about it and I love that so much exactly and 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 I think one of the key things that that I've learned in the last you know year um, probably in the last even six months has been that I'm I was great at judging myself and um, you know if I'd have a negative thought I'd judge myself about having the negative thought and I'd spiral and spiral and spiral into you know gosh you know you know if you if, if somebody walks past you and you go oh god you know look at look at the coat on your wood or you know something little like that and then I'd be like god that's an awful thing to think you're such an awful person and the next thing I'm gone and um, and and one thing that I've really learned is that our, our, our first thought is coming up from our subconscious and you can't I can't control that but I can control where I go after that so it's as soon as I, I become aware of the thought and and we, we talk about it in our in our um, in our class we could we talk about the talk the thought train it's a bit of a mouthful but um, but you know, it's it's a train where as soon as you notice that thought, you say, right, that's it, I'm getting off the next station, you know, and 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 that's what we say, yeah, I'm getting off the next station and I'm changing my focus here. So instead of you know, a thought that comes into my head going, Oh gosh, that's a horrible coat, I'd never wear it. Um, going, actually, Kira, that wasn't a very nice thought, so let's move away from that. And think about something else. I love that because you do feel really bad when you do have a negative thought um, mm. and it's kind of cool that you can that it's okay that you have that thought to not try and control it that it's not a reflection on you that's that's kind of cool. Yeah yeah no and that's and, and 
yeah, because a lot of the time those thoughts are, they're subconscious things that have been imprinted in you. You know, if somebody's wearing a yellow coat and you, you know, your mum hated yellow or something, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. can be, it can be just imprinted. It's not there. It's not nothing to do with you. And I think that's where, that's where a lot of my thought processes that I, that, I think that's why having done, you know, all the self-help books and reading, I'd never actually thought realized that before that I just can't control that first thought so just let it be mm. you know and um and and you know I suppose letting go of you know they talk about letting go of these negative thoughts and sometimes you kind of go well it's very hard to let go of the thought but one thing that 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 Carmel who's the the teacher and the the course she said one time is if you can just let it be, just let it be, recognize it and let it be. And, you know, um, very much being aware of what you're, and I think that's helping me as well. It's being aware of what you're letting into your mind. So even with, yeah. you know, the current, the last year, you know, I'm sure like everybody, we all got a bit obsessed with every day was the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And then you're suddenly sucked into, you know, such negativity or, you know my my guilty pleasure is you know the daily mail app for the gossip and um but if you go in there there's so much negativity sometimes so i actually have stopped looking at it and, you know i still do sometimes go in but stop looking at it as much because you're just adding adding these layers in and i keep thinking now that they're going in through my my even if i think i'm filtering them they're going in somewhere they're going in through that sieve and if, if there's somebody feeling bad now or really negative on themselves, if they have, so let's say they have a really negative inner dialogue. Yeah. Can you share like five mindfulness things that we can bring into everyday life to help calm that negative inner voice? That's like practical, like, like, like exactly what you mentioned, like knowing that that negative thought is normal and letting it be is kind of cool. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that 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 sort of for me was the, the, the one of the fundamental things. I think actually going to saying to yourself, and I suppose this bring in the compassion. This is really tough, um, and you know, you know, I suppose we trying not to personalize it as well. I was always very guilty of you know, the kids were having a tantrum. I turn it around on, oh God, what must everybody think about me? I'm such a bad parent. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it's not pers not to personalize it um, and just sort of be a bit, try and be a bit more factual to yourself going, Millie, Millie is having a tantrum. <laughs> you know, this is what's happening. This is really hard because, oh my gosh, it's really hard. But just trying to take that moment to, to think and to think this is where we are at this present moment, as opposed to letting all the external forces and the negative thought patterns kick off. And this takes so much practice. <laughs> I mean, even this morning, I was lying in bed this morning and I was really tired and I, um, and I was like, God, I really should get up and do this and I should get up. And I went downstairs and I said to, to, to my husband, God, I'm so sorry, I should have been up earlier. And he was like, it's seven o'clock it's not like you know and um it just it's but it, now that i know i i at the time i was going stop you stop shutting all over yourself stop saying what you think you should be doing i think that would be another thing um that i would definitely say 
there are all these different unhelpful thinking styles and shoulding is one of the big ones that um, certainly catches me out all the time and, and um, personalizing things and also not to minimize um, I think because sometimes we go and, and we haven't chatted about it here but um, you know I know a lot of you know I, I've had to have a few surgeries for um, I, um, some health issues that I had um, I, I had a BRCA gene mutation and I've had my preventative surgeries and um, I used to minimize it all the time and go ah oh, yeah 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 but you know I'm lucky I haven't had cancer I'm lucky I haven't had this. I'm lucky, you know, oh, don't worry about me. It's other people are much worse. But actually, there's nothing wrong with saying this is something I'm struggling with. Um, and and I think, you know, I think minimizing can be as bad as, as catastrophizing. I think it's fine. And if you take that moment just to be in that in the present moment and say, no, what am I actually doing now? What can I actually, you know, see? hear feel and that allows you then to um that allows it brings you back and allows you to actually you know respond i suppose instead of that original kind of reaction that bubbles up inside um love that that that's that would be i think that's that would be a couple of things that i think would maybe be helpful to people. I love that so much. I'm going to bring in a couple of people to ask a few questions. Is that okay, Kira? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Girls, unmute yourself there if you have a question. Andrea, that's daddy that you read that book and you can recommend that too. That's brilliant. We're going to definitely get that book. I did see that. I saw them. Oh, the power. Yeah, I haven't read that myself. Oh, it's a yeah. game changer, Kira. It's, What's it's the name of the book, Andrea? It's called The Power of Now. And the reason it's, it's, I read it years ago, it was when I used to watch Oprah and it was mm -hmm. one of the authors that she would have spoken about. And one of the books that she would have spoken about, this is over 10, 15 years ago. And it's all about, you know, when you have something, you feel something happens to you. And then we have that awful, we relive it. So a week has gone by or a month has gone by and we're still in that moment of something yeah. happened back mm. here. And yet it feels very real. And he was very clear in his writing is really easy. It's a tiny little book. And it's all about just differentiating between where you are now and what has happened. And just keep bringing yourself back to now. Keep bringing yourself back to what's happening today and in this moment, as opposed to dwelling on the past. Because otherwise you will live in the past or the future because you're constantly, as you were saying, Kira, looking forward or analyzing what's already happened changing how it happened or what you should have said what you should <laughs> and i'm doing it already over what i've said in the last half an hour <laughs> it's that natural yeah. you think about it is a bit crazy this yeah. is what i should have done because you can't go back and change it so all you can change is how you react to something and how you react to something is how you think about something now. So it's a great book, tiny book, really easy. His next book I found a bit harder to read, which was I think A New Earth. That's a bit tougher going, but The Power of Now, it's it's a classic. It's um, mm -hmm. what you're Who's the author, Andrea? Hmm? Who's the author? I put it in the, um, Siobhan, in the chat box. Eckhart Tolle um, okay. is his name. Oh. E-K-H-A-R-T-T-O-I-L-E, T-O-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Yeah, yeah, The Power of Now. And I think it's even, you know, some days I'm walking 
you know, from like work can be stressful and, you know, it can be stressful some days with your end-to-end -end meetings. And sometimes I'm actually, I'm walking up the stairs going, I'm walking up the stairs. Here is a step. I'm stepping yeah. on, you know, the black stripe now. I'm stepping on the blue stripe now. <laughs> and it's, and, and it just helps you to kind of stop that chaos that can yeah. kick off. You also yeah. notice what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And I think you enjoy it more. Like you see, it's like the small stuff. You might actually be out for a walk and genuinely notice the flowers. Yeah. Whereas mm -hmm. there's other times you can go for a walk and you notice nothing. Yeah. You're back in the house and you go, I know I did a walk, but I couldn't tell you what I saw. Yeah. It's like when you drive somewhere and you don't know. And that's, you know, I've been guilty of that. And now I'm, you know, I'm trying, yeah, we try to do, I suppose, a lot of what we're told to practice is there's the formal meditation part of mindfulness but there's that informal mindfulness and it's focusing on your senses so you know i'll often run through if i'm if i find myself worrying or if i wake up during the night because i'm a terrible person for waking at two or three in the morning and everything's always worse than two or three in the morning but actually i, I lie there now and i go well, what can i see what can i hear what can i feel what can I taste? What can I smell? And I run through my senses and I just keep doing that and, and, and doing that on walks. Doing that on walks is amazing. We have a little park near us and there's a, it's 500 meter lap, 560 meters, I think, lap. And um, I do that sometimes now, you know, multiple laps of it and try and run through what I've seen and heard going through. And, and my country said, I found, I saw a pine tree there the other day that I had or not a palm tree, not a pine tree, a palm tree that I'd never seen before. Exactly. And I was like, and it's right on the side. And I was like, <laughs> I have never noticed that as being a palm tree. And I can tell you, I have lapped that place thousands of times, you know, so it's little things and it just brings you back and you just really appreciate all the little things. Um, it's exhilarating, isn't it, when you live in the present moment? Because you get such a buzz from it because it's yeah. such a because you know, you're not used to it because I think so many of us have spent so much time living in the past and the future that's kind of cool when you start to live in the present you're like whoa life is amazing when you're in the present and it's such a it's just a cool thing to know and to do that's it and so man and so much of what's happening you know majority of times yes there are bad things that happen you know but 90 percent of the time taking that number out of you know don't quote me on it but you know majority of times things are good that are actually happening mm -hmm. you're you're here you're alive you're healthy you're you know or even if you're you know if you're sick you've got something you've got a medicine to manage it or you've you know you know you're going to get better it's it's yeah it's, it's quite um it is it is just so different and and i've just really gotten into complete you know i'm like gosh you know I remember I used to really be a little bit embarrassed, say, no, I've no plans for the weekend. Whereas now I'm I'm part dreading this return to normality where I have to, you know, I'm going, well, do I have to start making going back to making plans? And I don't think, I mean, we've spoken about it in our family. We we're gonna just keep doing what we're doing and, you know, probably fitting the odd thing back in, but there won't be that drive to be doing, doing, doing all the time, you know. Um and it is that classic quote as well. There's so many quotes, but it's like, you know, we're, we're human beings, not human doings. And, you know, you can get so much pleasure out of, you know, the simple things like, you know, we bought a wormery a couple of weeks ago uh, to make 
compost and to make organic feed for our um, for for our, our the vegetables that we're growing and, and I'm just laughing at myself going gosh you know five years ago you know I'd if I was going off to buy myself a treat you know I'd be buying myself a handbag or a pair of shoes and I still love those things but um, but they're not prior you know it's just little things now that are priorities you know it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just made yeah. life so much more and I'm so much kinder you know this week's been a really busy week for me in work and I you know I haven't worked out as much as I would want to and I haven't gotten out for walks at lunchtime you know I've been sat at desk at desktop all day pretty much and um and I'm just like oh, do you know you're gonna have a week like this every now and then mm. and if it's only you know once a month or once every two months that's fine and you know um just take it eat whereas I think six months ago, I probably would have been going, oh my gosh, how am I going to face Jessica? What will she think of me? How, you know, tell, you know that I haven't done it. You know, and it's, yeah, I know, it's so silly. And, but it's all that, you know, personalizing it all, like making it that somebody else might think of me or, and, and now I just, I'm like, do you know, this, this is the way this week has been and I will make up for it and I'll manage other things and look what you have done, that's good, you know, so. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I am a lot kinder to myself. I may need a bit more fierce compassion sometimes on the chocolate side and things like that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm only human. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions before we move on? I, I, I do, if you don't mind. Sorry, Kira. Yeah, no, no worries. I loved, uh, great to see you. I loved everything you said, particularly that uh, stop shooting all over yourself. I'm going to start using that <clears throat> in work. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Excellent Love one. <laughs> um, are you going to teach it? Are you going to be teaching it? I hope so. Yes. Great. And do let us know if you're going to be teaching it. I'd love, I'd love to do it. I'd love to, um, you know, I, I, I know practically, I, you know, we talk about it in work and practically I talk about it with clients, but I've actually never practiced it myself and I'd love to learn mindfulness. So if you're doing it, please let us know. Thank you. No, I will indeed. Yeah. And that is the, the that is the plan, I suppose. Um, I think I just love to share as well. And I love to, you know, so I've been sort of incorporating it with my own team at work and subtly subtly because I don't want them to think I've gone totally woo, but, um, but I do hope to, do this and then my aim is you have to have done 240 hours I think or something like that of mindfulness in order to do the teacher training for the mindful self-compassion programs that that are run so my aim is then to go on and do that after so my, my poor husband I'll still be I'll be doing I'll be doing courses and various things until until I'm in, I'm lying in a bed, I think, <laughs> somewhere. So Another way, it's like 240 hours and you're dying to get it done. And normally if it's like a stressy thing, you can rush through it or whatever. Mm. But actually it's the opposite. So you're like 240 hours of like, you know, being mindful. Yeah. So, it, and uh, it's, it's fantastic. Because the last, the last course I did, a friend of mine said, um, texted me. She's like, oh, what are, you, what are you up to this weekend? And I said, oh, my course is this weekend. And she's like, oh no, studying for the weekend. That's really tough. And I was like, gosh. I'm upstairs meditating and talking about, you know, how your thoughts interact and being mindful in moments and positive psychology and compassion. It's like, this is like a beautiful way to spend a weekend. It's absolutely <laughs> lovely, you know. So, uh, so it's funny, you know, um, 
I can genuinely say this course is probably the first first one and I've done a lot. Uh, this is probably the first one I've really done that I've I've done for for myself, I suppose, as opposed to for a particular goal in mind. Um, and and but hopefully the more I do, the more I do want to share because I think you do realise how you know tough we all are on it on our and you know Trisha you said that in your talk and I see it every day you know every day how tough people are on themselves um, and gosh yeah when we're, I see it the whole time when we're not just to jump in there sorry when we're not achieving things it's like oh my god I'm not hitting my goals I'm not doing this I'm not doing that and you're so bloody hard on yourselves but then I see the whole time with women that when they are hitting their goals it's like they oh, change yeah. their goalposts or yeah. the <laughs> tiniest celebration like yeah 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 you, do you know yeah like, but, yeah oh and I've been you know if you win something oh yeah but the other entries must be really crap or maybe I, I was probably the only entry into that competition you know I, I've been there always, and I, always change always. you're so right yeah yeah and you always go, yeah, but that the real goal is actually the next thing. And yeah, and I think, and I think if anything, you know, there was a, a leadership, to, um, UCD did their leadership program recently. Um, and it's free for anybody who's, or 20 euro or something, um, for anyone who's ever, who's graduate of UCD. I think they hold them every year, but it was a women in leadership program. And um, I, I joined in, but one of the questions was somebody wrote in the chat box one day oh I, I was laid off at the start of the pandemic and what am I supposed to tell people when when I go for interviews about that career gap and you know there was lots of everybody saying oh do a course or do this and do that and do the other and and one of the girls actually said how about telling them that you survived a pandemic yeah. if you get asked that she's you know she was like if you get asked that question in the middle of an interview and somebody you know somebody she's you shouldn't be asked questions like that and you know she said we all need to realize what we're all what we've all gone through in the last year you know yeah yeah, so, yeah. before we wrap this up are we doing a little practical um i'm happy to if we have time or if people want Is everybody people free like, for another five minutes everybody mm -hmm. like to do a little meditation, do meditation. Um, just before we go um would you just tell Anne the name of that ted talk Oh yes, actually I can share it to the group. It's um Kristen Neff. So I'm gonna write her name in. Um so if you if you search Kristen Kristen Neff on um the um on YouTube, it will come up. Um and she's she's brilliant. She has lots of there's lots of YouTube things, but it's her original video. And what I'll do is I'll share it into the group maybe later on, Jessica, if that's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Um and, and her books and her workbooks are fantastic. I can highly recommend them. I go back to them all the time. So I do. Um, cool. So are we ready to go? Okay. All right. Give it a go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a quick guided meditation of the breath. Okay. So before we start, I suppose, just, if ever, just try and leave your problems, your thoughts, your to-do list outside the door. Or and and um and just come to to relax into into yourself so this guided meditation on the breath will help you to learn to simply be and to look within yourself with mindfulness and calmness we're allowing ourselves to switch 
from a usual mode of doing to a mode of non-doing. You're simply being. So sit in an erect, dignified posture. Allow your body to become still and bring attention to the fact that you are breathing. If it's comfortable, close your eyes. If not, you can just lower your gaze. Become aware of the movement of your breath as it comes into your body and as it leaves your body. Don't try to change your breath in any way. Just be aware of it. Be aware of the feelings associated with breathing. Observe your breath flowing deep down into your belly, your abdomen expanding on the in-breath and falling back towards your spine on the out-breath. Be totally here in each moment with each breath. You're not doing anything. You're not trying to get any place. You're simply being. Give your full attention to each in-breath and to each out-breath as they follow one another in a never-ending cycle and flow. From time to time, you'll notice your mind wanders off to thoughts. When you notice that your attention is no longer with your breath, without judging yourself, bring your attention back to your breathing and ride the waves of your breathing. Become fully conscious of the duration of each breath from moment to moment. Anytime your mind wanders off the breath, gently bring it back to the present. Use your breath as an anchor to focus your attention bringing you back to the present whenever you notice that your mind is becoming absorbed or reactive. Use your breath to help you tune into this state of relaxed awareness and stillness. From time to time, you may also notice becoming aware of sensations in your body. As you maintain awareness of your breathing, see if you can expand your awareness so that it includes a sense of your whole body, from head to toe. And now 
you're not only observing the flow of breathing, but the sense of your body as a whole. Whatever feelings and sensations come up at any moment, don't judge them, don't react to them. Just be fully here, be fully aware, totally present with whatever your feelings are, with your breath and your body as a whole. And again, if your mind starts to wander, bring it back to your breathing. Back to sitting here, not doing anything, simply sitting, fully present and fully with yourself. Be present with your breathing from moment to moment, just as it is, just as it unfolds. You are here right now, complete, human and whole. As we come to the end of the practice, give yourself credit for having spent time, time to nourish yourself in a deep way by dwelling in this state of non-doing. You've intentionally made time for yourself to be just as you are. As we move back into the world, try to allow the benefits of this practice extend into every aspect of your life. And we'll gently come back now from three, slowly up to two, back to one, and when you're ready, you can open your eyes. That was nice for you all. Nice way to end. Yeah, I, I find even when I'm doing them, I relax into myself. <laughs> I thought I was going to nod off there. I followed this video, but just so relaxed. It was very nice. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thanks so much. Great brings you down from the edge of screen wire. Lovely, Kira. Thank you so much. It was so so lovely to have you on, and uh, yeah, thanks a million. You must, as Trish said, let us know when you start your own practice and you start getting into teaching. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear all about it and I'll share your details then. Oh, super. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica, for the opportunity. And yeah, it was great. Great to see you all, girls, on this wonderful Friday morning. Um, so everybody have a lovely weekend. And Kira, thank you so much. And if you're all free, to jump on a group check-in now. It's at twelve o'clock. So we'll see you over there in a minute. Super. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. 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 Bye.